I guess I should say it's minus one outside Canada Life Center, <laughs> which is where we are broadcasting from this morning. Looking down on the ice, they've already got the towels, the whiteout towels set out. I am dizzy looking down. I don't know how they do this Man, <laughs> all the time. I, I love my view at 201 Portage in Maine, but this is something special this morning to be in here and to hear what we hope will be so much more noise tonight. There's already people at work. You can hear banging around as they move things. As you said, the towels are out for 15,000-plus fans to give them a whirl and uh, a lot more action, hopefully, Greg, tonight. Exciting times ahead. I, I think I'm recovered from what happened <laughs> on Saturday. I'm not going to go and say that I'm completely recovered from what happened Saturday. Of course, the Jets battle all the way back from 4-1 to one to force overtime and then to lose 5-4. Obviously heartbreaking for everyone in this building, the 6,000 or so that were outside around the building and then the hundreds of thousands of fans around the hockey world uh, that, that were tuned into that game and, and many of them Winnipeg Jets fans. We should probably, just for fun, play the goal which forced overtime Saturday afternoon. Now Nemestikov in the high slot. Now for Pionk, shoot, fire to the wide. Rebound hopped over the stick of Connor. Far side Wheeler trying to keep it in and does. Six on five for Winnipeg. 29 seconds to go in the period. Sent around to the near side. Kept in by Pionk. Shovels it toward the net. Deflected in front. He scores! Adam Lowry with his fourth goal of the postseason. And we are tied at four. How about that? 22 seconds left in the period, and Adam Lowry ties it. And this place is going crazy. It was almost in, as loud in here as it was in my house. Yes. Almost as loud here. <laughs> <laughs> we were going absolutely bonkers, of course. The play that Blake Wheeler made against the far boards to keep that puck in and to send it back around the boards, eventually ending up on the stick of Neil Pionk, and then the uh, shot, the deflection and then the rebound shot by Adam Lowry. Uh, one of the greatest goals in Winnipeg Jets 2.0 history, of course. The game didn't end as we would like it but i'm reminding myself as i'm sitting in my 1990s era winnipeg jets jersey this uh, morning you reminded the security employee this morning ian who was so gracious to take us upstairs you had a big point for him that's right, right. 5 1990 the biggest goal in jets 1.0 history dave ellett's double overtime game winning goal against edmonton back in the in that series in the first round series against edmonton that gave the Jets a 3-1 series lead. Well, the Jets ended up losing three straight games to lose that series. So that overtime victory doesn't guarantee you a single thing. It was exciting. Just to, I went to the the pub on Saturday to watch the game, and the place the, it just blew up. And at the beginning of the third period, the, one of the guys was sort of like, "Ah, eh, I don't know about this. I think I might get out of here." And I said, "Hang on. The, the Golden Knights scored three goals in the third period in Game Two. So why can't the Jets do the same thing? And but even I was sort of feeling like oh, it's four or two. There's like six minutes left. I can't remember how much time was on the clock, and I was sort of also ready to give up. And then they scored again, and like oh, we got a game here. And then when they scored that game tire, yeah. So it obviously it didn't go 
as we wanted, but still it turned out to be way more exciting than it looked like it was going to be. And does anyone do it better than Winnipeg? As I sit here, as we're above the blue line at Canada Life Centre, and you're looking at all those white towels and just that sea of white there Saturday, and then the crowd on Donald, the crowd on Hargrave, the crowd at the pubs that you where you were at, Brett, people in their homes. There's something really special about the way everyone comes together. And so for sure, there's obviously a different outcome you're looking for. But as you said, it's not over yet. And more than that, we have a chance tonight to really, I mean, if we thought we brought it Saturday as fans, I don't know. Let's up the ante. Bring it again and, and double down and make it even louder. There was a point, because I was in the car most of the day Saturday, there was a, at least two or three times in that first overtime and then the second where I could not, I could barely make out what Paul Edmonds was saying because this crowd was incredible. Call in sick for tomorrow now. <laughs> get out of work early this afternoon. Get downtown. Enjoy everything that there is to offer. I was at party at the Plaza on Saturday. The costumes, the jerseys the effort that fans went to just to be a part of what was going on even if they weren't going to be inside the arena it galvanizes this community it brings people together it's so wonderful to see and uh this is just another opportunity you know to put winnipeg on the sports map because you know these highlights were going out all over North America. Uh, some of the bigger sports uh, websites tweeting, Instagramming, you know, Winnipeg. Nobody does it better than Winnipeg. How many texts did each of you get from family or friends who live in other parts of the country? And oh. like, whoa, look at Winnipeg tonight, right? It was something to be proud of. For I'm sure. putting this game entirely I mean, we're going to talk hockey with Jim Toth at 7.30. We're going to talk downtown and how great it was for biz and how we hope it continues to be good for business just after 7 when we visit with the downtown biz. But tonight it all rests on the shoulders of Brett McGarry, who will be at his first ever playoff game. And if anyone can do it for our town, Brett, for our community, for our country, yeah. it's you. I can be pretty loud when I need to be. <laughs> it's uh, Yeah, it's funny. I was sitting at the pub Saturday, and I get a text from a friend. I don't know, halfway through the game, saying, hey, uh, you interested in some playoff action on Monday? And uh, my instant, immediate reaction was, 8.30 start time? No, I can't. I can't go to that. And then I stopped myself right away and thought, what are you, what are you doing, dude? Like, this is a playoff game. You've, I've never been to one, and I might never get that opportunity again to sit in the third row. Third row? Oh, you didn't tell us oh, that. Oh, you didn't say oh, that. we totally would have denied you the day off tomorrow. <laughs> we we would have known that. We should have toyed with him a bit more. Because <laughs> he sent this urgent, a text marked urgent, urgent, urgent <laughs> on Saturday. Can I please take tomorrow off? Brett, you're going to have a blast. It's something, I don't use this term lightly, there's something spiritual about being in this building yep, in no playoffs. Question. You'll have a team. I, if you don't fully cry, you will have a tear in your eye. It's oh, in, I will. It's incredible. I, I have two wait. questions. I know you were at the very first Jets game against Columbus, the uh, preseason opener back in 2011. Yeah. I think the Jets won that, but I'd have to go back and check for sure. I know that the game that you and I went to together against Tampa, or no, it was Anaheim. I think the Jets won that game. So what is your record? <laughs> what is the Jets' record with you in I'm, the building? Let's just go with I'm all curious. W's. I don't remember because the third, the the, I, the only other game I've been to, um, we left uh, after the second period. Oh, don't do that because both because I was with a friend who also worked morning shift and okay, uh, and we were like, yeah, we've enjoyed ourselves, but we got to go. <laughs> so I don't know what my record is. I hope I hope we need I to do I, some research. I hope there's video of Brett partying at 3 a.m. at Porta Germain tonight. <laughs> Portage in Maine party after Woo! the big party. But you can't go to Portage in Maine. Oh, maybe you can go oh. to Portage in Maine.
It is Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, a special day for us. We are broadcasting live from the press box at Canada Life Centre. Ahead of Game 4 tonight, Jets down 2-1 in their series against the Golden Knights, so we'll talk hockey at 7.35 with Jim Toth. We've got the keys to the game just after 8.10. And, uh, Greg, you, uh, just very quickly here, you got to host one of the big parties on Saturday. Party at the Plaza at the Hargrave Street Market in the True North Square Plaza. Uh, it was a fantastic experience. The fans really, like, the creativity in the stuff that Winnipeg Jets fans wear. I, I have a picture. I haven't shared it on social media yet. I was a little distracted after I got home, after the after the party, so I haven't posted all my pictures uh, from that event. They had literal model airplanes, white airplanes, aircraft on their hats, and, you know, uh, and of course the uh, aviator helmets and and all the different jumpsuits that people the personalize. The to go. Oh, they're just so spectacular. You have a hoodie footy that you should wear to the game. <laughs> it's not white, though. It's, it it's, is white. It's isn't gray. it silver? Oh, gray. I thought it was like a light. Like a, it's like light, light gray. When you get home, it. throw it in the washing machine with like a whole bottle of Javix. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you can make it white. Like a tie dye, be a tie dye outfit. You'd look good. Yeah. Did, would I have time to go to complete that process yes. by yeah. eight thirty? Yeah. Sure. Okay. I'll think about it. You don't want to ruin the hoodie footy? No. Yeah. <laughs> so special to you. <laughs> well, speaking of all the people downtown, we'll talk to the downtown biz as you mentioned uh, earlier, Brett. Uh, just after seven, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of economic reasons to be excited. Not to just mention reasons to just get in on the party. Uh, but in the meantime, we got some other things to discuss when it comes to the economy because. Lots of people aren't feeling so good right now. That's right. As we continue our global news series, Future of Work, many Canadians are reconsidering what retirement looks like for them in the aftermath of the pandemic and Canada's affordability crisis. In fact, more seniors are choosing to delay their retirement or head back to work to make ends meet. Global's Rosanna Hempel brings us the story of a 90-year-old Winnipeg woman who is getting creative as she faces difficult choices in order to stay out of the red it's magic total magic for peggy prendergast painting is both a way to relax and secure income teaching watercolor at least three times a week never seemed like a job to her but more and more she's depending on it to keep up with the high cost of living now i'm really struggling because my pension is still i still get the same dollars Prendergast retired from teaching in schools about 25 years ago, and she's lived in this house for 65 years. During the pandemic, she got a low-interest loan for some upgrades, including a ramp, to make sure she could call it home for many more. But rising interest rates on her loan, along with inflation, are forcing her to consider tough choices. It's very scary. I don't want to sell my house. The Canadian Association of Retired Persons says Prendergast financial concerns are common. COO Bill Van Gorder says their surveys tell them it tops all seniors' worries ahead of health and housing. Things like gasoline, groceries, uh, rents, uh, mortgages, all those things have really hit seniors very, very hard. Van Gorder says delayed retirement and returns to work are happening more often. Some because they enjoy working, but others because they don't have a choice. He says many are turning to jobs in hospitality and retail, even security. The old-fashioned concept 
of uh, retirement is is passed. HR specialist Tori McNally also sees seniors helping sectors fill their labor shortages after the pandemic era's great retirement. I think the nature of work is just really in flux right now with people um, wanting to be able to choose when and where they work uh, and that's happening for the 20-year-olds and that's happening for uh, the 60-year-olds the as well. Prendergast recently celebrated her 90th birthday and she doesn't have plans to stop painting or working anytime soon. I'm actually looking for a job. To meet the demands and uncertainties of the future. Rosanna Hempel, Global News. First of all, kudos to this woman in this story for doing what she's doing and A, working to stay at home. Then she redoes her home with the ramps and whatnot so she can age in home, which is what they keep saying they want so many Canadians to do because the healthcare system is in flux and so you can stay home if you can. She's talking about getting a job at her age because that fixed income, that's hard. That's really, really hard. And you think six months ago, eight months ago rather, in the summer we were talking about surveys where half of Canadians were postponing retirement because of the cost of living back then. And now you're almost a full year later and it hasn't gotten any better. In fact, it's gotten worse. What will that do and where will people go? It's uh, it's easy for us in our age category right now to say we can ride out a bit of debt, maybe ride out a few things and, and or dip into your savings if you have to. But what if you are in that 70, 80, 90 year old bracket and you, and that's not your option? Yeah, it's probably not an option at all. You, you know, unless you own your home, you know, I guess the conversation around reverse mortgages and all that sort of thing have to be picking up in terms of how do I remain in my home and get some equity out of my home. That's not an endorsement for that product. I just know that that's a conversation that's happened in our family uh, with my Baba. And as she tries to age in place and do all the things, I don't like the fact that she's got to go down in the basement to do her laundry. That's one part of it. But in terms of the income, because things are more expensive, yes, your expenses hypothetically are less if you haven't got a mortgage, but you've still got property taxes to pay. The price and cost of, of utilities is going up every single year. And you went to budgeted for this year, Absolutely not a year like not. this. No way, no way at all. It is Mackling, McGarry and McNabb broadcasting live from Canada Life Centre today. Ahead of game four tonight, Jets and Golden Knights. And as far as the Jets are concerned, Greg, it sounds like a couple of them turned to a rather unusual snack to help keep them going. Well, back in 2019, Mark Letestu played a few games here in Winnipeg. He's a journeyman player, was spotted on the bench sucking on some mustard packets you know just a little packet that you might use if you're you're grabbing a, a hot package. dog yeah yeah takeout package exactly and apparently it's got a ton of sodium and other nutrients in that tiny little pack and so amongst the jets that were uh, using those mustard packets on saturday in order to keep hydrated and to keep energized nate schmidt are you a mustard packet guy? <laughs> I was last night. Usually I'm not, uh, but I've had my experience of cramping up and something like that in, in games and overtime games. And so the experience between, in between periods is it's not as raw, raw as you'd think. You know, the guys are just trying to get back and get back to neutral and get as much fluid and things and food in them as possible. You know, you have the quick note from the coach and then everyone's kind of just trying to get themselves back into the, the right frame of mind because you, you almost had to take a breath and we were right back on the PK to start the overtime, you know? And so that was the, the big focus for us going into um, the first OT. 
you know, I, I find it's with all the pressure and all the excitement around the game that actually in between periods is probably the calmest, you know, and guys really kind of, you have to bring your emotion down for a second because I don't think you can run at that high of octane um, for that many minutes on end. Is, is that it, the muscles are Yeah. I mean, at least they tell us that. <laughs> I, it doesn't taste good. I don't know if you guys ever eat mustard by itself. <laughs> Not usually, not unless I get it on my jersey and then I got to lick it off. But other than that, I'm not really eating the mustard by itself. But also dill pickle juice will do the trick. I wonder if they're passing the jar of dill pickle Ooh. juice around the dressing room. I know people who say for hydration it's key, and it's even if you look up hangover cures. Mm, yeah, I've the heard that. is to like look in someone's fridge after you've had a night out and see if there's just pickles and no juice left in that jar. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, it was a good night, was it? But I, I don't think I could do that mustard. By itself. You could do it if you had to. So here's what we need at 204-780-6868. The unique snacks, the unique things that you turn to when you are need a, in a pinch. If you got to stay energized, you got to stay hydrated, 204-780-6868. Let's go around the horn here. Why don't we start with uh, producer Jeff Forte back in Master Control. Hot dogs and Gatorade. <laughs> That's how I roll. <laughs> Look, listen. That, I, I, wait, hang on. The hot dog energizes you? Why not? It's meat. I want meat. <laughs> Give me meat. Is it? Is it though? <laughs> well, it's it's a bunch of different meat combined. <laughs> what are the circumstances here, Forche? Are we talking uh, after a, a long night out? Is that what we're talking about? Long night out, early mornings. You know, hot dogs go with everything, and you know they're easy to cook. Heck, you could just throw them in the microwave if you really need to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there, 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 there is a very fine line as to it's either too cold or it's it exploded. Really? Yeah, it, it's it, a fine art to cook one in the microwave. Yeah, you got to drop that power level way down <laughs> to make sure you keep the... Oh, the, the fine art of hot dog cooking. Because <laughs> I did. In you know, microwave. I, I was reminded of this a, a few weeks ago. I got, bought some wieners to make some craft dinner or something, and uh, I felt like just... I was kind of like fortunate. Like I needed a quick snack, tossed it in the microwave, and then I remembered, oh, yeah, it's... Uh, it looked like a like a nuclear meltdown happened. I mean, I guess technically that's what a microwave is. Uh, what about you, Sarah McCarthy? It's funny you guys brought up dill pickles because that was mine. Give you that little zing, that little energy boost, and the hydration. I love yep. them. So if the you see me or the juice, both, all the uh, above. I'll have all the above. So if you see me walking around with a jar now that I've started mornings, <laughs> just just mind your business. It's fine. You should like mind your business. Kind of hold the top of the can or the, the uh, jar and put a straw in it. And just yeah, like, just chug away. Yeah, that's Sarah mine. McCarthy's new nickname is now Bix. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Bix? Bix Pickles. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> um, do we have Derek Taylor in studio yet? No, he's not there yet. Okay. Derek yeah, so- would say Diet Coke. Diet, Diet Coke? Coke is the answer to everything when it comes to beverage. Mm-hmm. For you know, he's not a coffee person either, I no, don't think. Not. And he used to work mornings years ago for Global. Yeah, and I used no to laugh coffee. at the, it, I don't know if it was a big gulp always, but it certainly was <laughs> some sort of soft drink. Yeah, for me, if I need energy in a pinch, uh, like if I sometimes, you know, if I get home from work and I'm zipping out to the golf course and I don't have time to make anything, I'll just grab the my jar of peanut butter and a tablespoon. And I'll just shovel two tablespoons of peanut butter into my face, and then I'll, and then I leave. <laughs> so well, as, I'm, as I'm going down the elevator, I'm still licking it out of my teeth. Good on you for being civilized enough to use a spoon, because <laughs> you know how many people you'll see it in the movies and TV shows using their fingers. You know, it's these, just messy. Oh yeah, it is. But you would do it. The, like the fingers. 
in a in, in a, a pinch. In an, well, I don't know because that then the cleanup effort. Yeah, that's that would take a long because even if I'm just eating toast and peanut butter, I still manage to get it all over my hands like a like a <laughs> child. I'm like, how did I'm trying to be clean here, but. What about you, Loren? What's your well? New I had said snack? as I walked in this morning, we were brought in by Mr. Austin, our security official, and uh, I jokingly said, "Can I get you anything else?" And I said, "I could use some popcorn because I just tired, exhausted, couldn't get to sleep last night, late night, thinking about today and all sorts of other things." And so he brought popcorn, and the salt <laughs> has made a difference to me this morning. So I don't think that's a thing, but I will often in the morning if I if I need energy, I, it has to be like an egg or a slice of cheese or something salty. And then on the total opposite end of this made me laugh when I, you brought this topic up this morning of invigorating your skin. You're talking about giving your skin energy. I was laughing because right after I had my first baby, I was like, oh, you know, talking about cellulite and all these things. And I Googled an article about coffee grains. And uh, one morning you found me on my deck. If you had whipped by, the neighbors were looking out the window and I had like no pants on, rubbing coffee grains all over my legs. And then just walked around the yard for an hour while they dried in. It didn't do anything, but I was trying to energize the skin. I'll try anything once, basically. We do thank Ian for bringing up those uh, that bag of popcorn to the It's basically the equivalent of Gatorade, right, with all the electrolytes? <laughs> That's what I said. i got to get my electrolytes in with salty popcorn. That's how they market it always, popcorn. <laughs> now with extra electrolytes. <laughs> do not take nutrition advice from Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. Greg, what about you? Uh, my go-to, uh, let's uh, go back to the uh, restaurant uh, softball league days on a Sunday morning after a a very long night at work and then an even later night at the A watching live music and consuming the odd Labatt 50 uh, would be uh, <laughs> water, of course, but uh, followed by much apple juice and the Gatorade. Mm. I was a big fan of the Gatorade, but the apple juice seemed to get me like to that next level hydrated and alertness that Gatorade on its own just never seemed to do. So I added that apple juice into the mix, and it seemed to be uh, the perfect elixir to allow me to play very poorly at softball on Sunday mornings. You reminded me, I used to do grapefruit juice if I needed it, and, oh, but that's yeah. harder to find. And you're running into gas stations like desperate. You got any grapefruit juice? (laughs) (laughs) Guys like lady. Like when I first started this job, I'd be at that shell at Sage Creek. Right. Got any grapefruit juice here? And I think he started stocking it for me. Really? There once a week. I couldn't figure out how to get awake. You like that duck, that annoying duck asking for grapes? Got any grapes? (laughs) (laughs) It is Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. Broadcasting live from Canada Life Centre today, ahead of Game 4 tonight, Winnipeg Jets, Golden Knights of Vegas. Jim Toth is going to join us at 7.35 to talk about what happened on Saturday and what could happen tonight. But right now, we want to talk about downtown excitement. And I'll tell you, I I was sitting at home Saturday, just going to watch the game at home, and then I thought... I want to watch the game alone, so I just decided to go to my watering hole, to the King's Head Pub, and I left right, pretty much right after the game, maybe at 7 o'clock I decided to leave, and there was a lineup to get into the pub. There was a lineup to get into the Yellow Dog Tavern. There was, uh, the patio was already packed at the Merchant Kitchen at the old hotel. Uh, apparently the local had a big lineup outside it. I assume Shark Club inside City Place was chaos. And then uh, Tavern United, I bumped into some friends and went into Tavern United for a minute, and it was packed. And that's just a select small sampling of, of everything going on downtown. And another big spot, Brown Social House, you said, was oh, yeah. packed as well. Yeah, the Social Brown House. <laughs> <laughs> it was nice to see 
though, right? Oh, yeah. It was, it was so exciting to see all of those people. And it sounds like even before the game that places were busy as well. I think a lot of places were anticipating they'd be busy during the game and after, but some places got overrun before the game because people got started early on Saturday. Hargrave Market was absolutely jam-packed and all the different offerings there and Gusto North, the sit-down restaurant, they had were full of reservations from 12 o'clock on. So, yeah, there were thousands of people not only coming to the game, but as we've discussed in the past, Loren, the idea of not just coming from your house to the parkade, to your seats, and then doing it in reverse order, actually coming downtown and experiencing downtown as opposed to just coming for the game time experience. No question it's the boost the businesses wanted to see, want to see more of tonight, and we hope for days to come. Uh, I think they want to hear more of this too, Brett. I love me a song. Okay, so let's bring on Kate Fenske, the executive director of the Downtown Biz. Sounds pretty good, doesn't it, Kate? It sounds so great. You know, it was a long shift on Saturday, but it was so incredible to welcome tens of thousands of people back downtown. What is it about it uh, in terms of that uniting factor? Because as Greg pointed out, it's not just coming to an event, whether it be Jets game or other, but sticking around and trying something maybe you haven't before. What, what, what's the draw, do you think, for that long-term 8-, 9-, 10-hour day when there's events like this? Well, I think especially this year, you know, we've had a few years where we haven't been able to gather like this. You know, we haven't seen this amount of people downtown in four years. And I think when you have that gathering and and it brings back that pride we have in our city and for businesses, I know they were so excited. I was uh, walking around before the game on Saturday, just checking in, Um, already busy, as you mentioned, even pregame. And they were just so excited to show, um, you know, what downtown is. And, and, and we're still here. We're still ready to welcome people back. And it was just a really exciting day. Kate, it's Greg here. And I think this is proof positive. I've, I've felt this way for an awfully long time when it comes to the different events that take place downtown uh, pre-pandemic. And then even, you know, the different events that we've seen through the pandemic and now post-pandemic in quotation marks. I think people are prepared. They want to come downtown. They want to celebrate their city. They want to be here if given a reason to do so. Absolutely. And, you know, when we look at how our downtown has changed over the last couple of years, it is different. And so we need to be different as well. And so when we look at what people are looking for uh, to come downtown, you know, in our, a recent study we've done with Probe Research, Winnipeggers are spending more time downtown uh, this year than they did in the past uh, two years, obviously. But where they're spending their dollars is really on that entertain- entertainment and hospitality. Um, so it is those restaurants and those bars and arts and culture activities. That's what makes downtown unique compared to other parts of our city. So if we can double down on that, I think there's still a real opportunity here as we shift maybe from that central business district into more of a social gathering hub. Any idea what just one round of the Stanley Cup playoffs does for downtown and for the biz? Well, just looking at Saturday's game, I was chatting with a few businesses yesterday. Um, you know, they were up 50 to 60% over a regular Saturday, and that's just one day. So we know it makes a huge difference every single game in these playoffs. I mean, it's going to be a little bit tougher tonight on a Monday with an 8.30 puck drop, I think. Um, but some businesses are shifting their hours. You know, on a Monday, they would probably close 8, 9 p.m., some of them. But they are going to be staying open till the end of the game um, just to give places uh, uh, for Winnipeggers a place to watch the game and come together. 
before we let you go, Kate, you know, I hope to not have to ask this question for years to come, but as you know, there will always be an asterisk next to the last three years when we look at data. And I'm just curious where we're at for new businesses that have come downtown compared to the ones that had to close their doors during the pandemic. Are we up, down, even where are we at for pre-pandemic levels? Yeah, we still haven't seen that trend shift back to where we want to be, where it was 2019. But in the first quarter of 2023, we are seeing it move in the right direction. Um, Just in our zone in in the first quarter of this year, six new businesses opened downtown. So it is showing that um, uh, the optimism and and seeing that folks are investing in our downtown, but we are still seeing some closures. So it shows that downtown still really needs the support and the playoffs like this, the whiteout parties, it really helps give us that boost we've needed. Really quick, speaking of closures, Kate, you and I have discussed this off-air. I've asked you about it on-air. Donald Street was closed on Saturday. Didn't cause a huge issue in the downtown. It would be on my list of streets that you couldn't close permanently or semi-permanently. What about reimagining some of these other side streets? I I, I think this is proof positive that, that something like that could work for us. Yeah, and, you know, we really need to look at how do we build places for people. Um, It really, we need to take that people-first mentality. And when we look at the opportunities moving forward with the Transit Master Plan, it really is looking at Graham. Uh, And what does that redevelopment look like as the buses come off Graham? What do we want to do with that space? And I think it's an incredible opportunity to build new spaces for people where we can gather, where we can be out and about, checking in the businesses, and just coming together. Kate Penske, Executive Director of the Downtown Winnipeg Biz, joining us live on 680 CJOB. Kate, thank you for this. Much appreciated. Take care. Go Jets go. And uh, hopefully everyone uh, gets a, a few hours of sleep tonight. You know, Kate, you need a woo like that guy. <laughs> <laughs> we'll save it for yeah, next that'll time. that'll be at, at 9 p.m. You got <laughs> okay. it. Okay. All right, Kate, thank you so much. And uh, feel free to let us know at 204-780-6868 if you're heading downtown tonight, either to see the game or to check out the whiteout parties. And uh, I think, actually, I know the 830 start time sucks because it'll be a bit later when it's over. But I think for those who would maybe want to go out before the game, we'll actually have time to do that. That's I think that's what's great because you're not rushing from work to yeah. the game or even work to the party or even for those who just want to like hang out in the pubs and restaurants you can you can still make a night of it and maybe be in bed by i don't know i hope i hope you're out all night i hope <laughs> it's that kind of night for brett mcgarry hopefully it doesn't go to double overtime again i hope it i hope i don't care how it goes as long as there's a win and again it's going to be all on brett <laughs> it's all my fault no no if they it's lose not gonna be your fault it's going to be your success story we will be carrying you through you'll the be the of reason Winnipeg. <laughs> I'll be the hero can, of the like, River dive City. into the crowd like a, you know, and get them to carry you through to Portage. The reason and is you, Brett. <laughs> I am the North American Ice Hockey League champion. <laughs> we're broadcasting live from Canada Life Center, so we're slightly just out of sorts a little bit. Was trying to get make sure that I was going by the official CJOB time, but I was in the wrong window on my laptop computer. And, uh, yeah, so we got multiple windows open on our computers, and we're going back and forth. But, anyway, it's fun. It's awesome. We're looking down from the press box, trying not to look too far over the edge, lest I get vertigo. But in a pinch, on Saturday, a couple of Winnipeg Jets players, Nate Schmidt, I think Pionk was one of the others. Uh, they were eating mustard packets during the overtime stretch just to make sure that they stayed energized and hydrated so they wouldn't cramp up. That's a unique little snack. I didn't know. Never would have thought of that, but that's kind of cool. So what would you do 
at 204-780-6868. You mentioned peanut butter was yours, right? You're yep. in a pinch. Well, one of our listeners is a nurse and says, I often have to stay overtime and don't have additional food for a quick fix. So what keeps me going is digestive cookies and packets of peanut butter that are in every hospital kitchenette. Oh, of course. This combo has kept many a nurse upright and able to work. Yeah, that's right. There's peanut butter everywhere in a hospital. You'd think there would be. I, the little packets, too, are, are what you should... It's almost like if you can if you can have peanut butter. Um, it's like a mustard pack. Have you ever, when you're waiting for Aren't your Aren't you so breakfast? thirsty, though, after you have a mouthful of peanut butter? Aren't you just like... Yeah, there's often but the, there's the, a way the to craving for that. milk. You add the jam. So you get the little packets of peanut butter and jam. You get a little stir stick or a tiny little spoon. Mix them together. <laughs> and then you're eating peanut butter and jam, baby. <laughs> Now Nemestikov in the high slot. Now for Pion, shoot, fire to the wide. Rebound hopped over the stick of Connor. Far side Wheeler trying to keep it in and does. Six on five for Winnipeg. 29 seconds to go in the period. Sent around to the near side. Kept in by Pion. Shovels it toward the net. Deflected in front. They score! Ah! It felt so good, and then it <laughs> felt so, so bad. bad. <laughs> host of the Jim Toth Show and co-host of Jets at Noon, Jim Toth, joins us now for what's going to be a long day for you too, Jim. How's it going? Good, good. Good morning, everybody, and it's uh, good to be on with you. It's a big day. That was a big goal. Uh, I mean, the, the environment was electric. It was what you expect from the Stanley Cup playoffs, and then, uh, of course, it was the devastation of it, and that's the magnitude of where we're at right now with this part of the season, but it was it was pretty exciting to be there, and uh Pretty exciting to get down to Game 4 and tee it up all day here on 680 CGOB as well, as you know. Listening to some of the post-game interviews and then interviews at practice yesterday and all the rest, Jim, it, it, doesn't, it sounds like it's being taken in stride, like not looking back, going to be looking ahead. It, is there that disappointment of the loss, or is it just all in the rearview mirror now? Well, it's in the rearview mirror now. They have to move on, and, and sort of the Vegas school of the nights. Like, they'll have enjoyed that probably over dinner that night uh, once they got to it and over some mustard packets once they got to the dressing rooms after that, as you were referencing. But they both have to move on. There, there's another game to play, and, and there's another one you have to focus on. So you can't dwell on it. Um, I, I think more of the thing of trying to get over that loss is the loss of Josh Morrissey. I think that's a team, as a team collectively, they kind of got to – have a practice yesterday, have some discussions about it. There's not going to be a defenseman that takes over for Josh Morrissey. They're going to have to do it by committee, so everybody's going to have to do a little bit more. But it's a devastating loss in the fashion in which it happened. But the the, the thing about the fashion in which it happened is you build off that, right? Like, that's much better than a 4-1 loss. And I know it didn't seem like it, and I know it's heartbreaking, but if you lose that game 4-1... You've got a lot of sort of questions to do. Now the question is to just keep doing what you did in the third. You scored three unanswered goals in your home environment and and got it to overtime. Uh, No lead is safe in the National Hockey League this year, and this includes in the playoffs. We saw that again last night in in Los Angeles with the Oilers. So they've got plenty to build off, and and, and then they go into game four tonight, and and now's the focus. And, And they have to tie this series tonight before going back to Vegas. And if they don't, then game five is the focus. So they move on pretty quickly in the regular season, and I think it has to be even faster in the playoffs. So, Jimmy, it was a play by Dylan Sandberg, which some might be inclined to call a, a, a misplay, which ultimately led to Michael Amadio's game winner. Here's head coach Rick Bonus yesterday. 
We talked to him right after the game last night. I gave him a late call last night just to check on him, and we move on. We have he has no choice. The team has no choice. That stuff happens. That's hockey. The stuff that you can't control sometimes hits a stick, it bounce, hits a skate, things roll in and bounce, and the guy puts it in that. Uh, they got the lucky bounce with that last night, uh, and we have no choice. Now he's a young guy, and it's easier said than done. Okay, we're moving on here. A veteran could probably, you know, a guy who's been around the league seven, eight years would move on a lot quicker than a young guy. And uh, so we'll, we'll be, we'll make sure that we're doing everything we can to support him. He got a tremendous amount of support from his teammates last night, and that was huge. And but we talked about it in the in the, in the room. We talked base with him after, and we'll just keep touching base with him and. Listen, we have to win tomorrow night, so we got to get ready for tomorrow, and we we move on from last night as best we can. Jim Dylan Sandberg has really found his game this season. He's become an integral part of that defensive core. Does he bounce back from this and maybe expand on the options that the Jets have tonight in terms of filling Josh Morrissey's shoes? Could it take two defensemen to do that? Well, I think he does because throughout this season, I, I think Dylan Sandberg has equated to an NHL defenseman. There's an old saying that says once you get to the playoffs, you're not a rookie anymore because you have a season behind you. But you are a rookie in the playoffs. And I, I, I watched that play several times when it initially happened and I was in the press box. I, I initially, to be honest with you, both said, oh, kid, you got to put that up the boards. Um, and, and he's trying to make a play. And then when I saw the replays, I think he was Um, trying to put it up the boards. Yeah, he was trying to put it up the boards. It's a credit to the Vegas forechecker. Like, he had an extra step or an extra jump on the forecheck. The mistake wasn't not trying to put it up the boards. The mistake was just taking too long to do it. And that's the thing that that time of the game in the fifth overtime when you're tired and everything's moving, you know, a little bit slower than you'd like it to be, you want to be faster. That's just a small mistake that I think any defenseman can make. So I do think he moves on. He's got two NCAA championships under his belt. He's no longer a rookie. It was tough for him. I watched and I saw his two of his teammates go over to him right away with his disappointment to console him. And I thought immediately, how's he going to bounce back from this? But I think he does bounce back from this. I think these are the kinds of things that drive elite athletes. It's not that you worry about making another mistake. It's it drives you to not make a mistake. And I think he does tonight. As I said earlier, I don't think anybody takes Josh Morrissey's spot. I think they all have to do it by committee. Neil Pionk clearly was the one who took on most of the ice time, but I think it has to balance out. I think every defenseman in the top four and Brendan Dillon and everybody else is going to play a little bit more and in different situations. And then Rick Bonus referenced yesterday that he's going to bring in too. Kyle Capobianco has been around for a while. He's a veteran defenseman that, that has been in the league with Arizona when they signed him. But the thing that's impressed me about him is he's gone months without playing. Mm-hmm. And then he comes in and he looks okay. So I think that they may dress seven, like Rick Bonus said, but I'm not sure he'll do that. And then Logan Stanley. And I think the reason Rick Bonus is referencing that is if he dresses seven defensemen, uh, then he can sort of figure out who's playing well, right? It gives him more options. It gives him ideas that, you know, maybe I need to play one of my forwards more, which I think is a great idea if he wants to go about that way. Maybe that Mark Scheifele's on the wing, you double shift him with the fourth line. I saw him do, Rick Bonus do that with Blake Wheeler on game three, so he might get some extra time. And then you sort of balance out the defense and, and rely on guys that, you know, who's playing well. So if Logan Stanley and Kyle Capobianco come in and, and maybe one of them is, is not playing too well, then you've got the other option. It's not like you're riding four guys again. That's the thing to watch tonight is how much those four defensemen played on Saturday um, really is going to affect how he rolls us out tonight and why I think he's, he's leaning towards maybe dressing seven. We'll find out from the morning skate today. We'll have it for you, Jets at noon, because we'll be at Canada Life Center as well. 
and the Jets practice at 11.30, but we'll see what he decides. We're down at the Canada Life Centre, as you mentioned, Jim. The only sound we're hearing right now is, I think he's like a ice edger scraper. It's the, it's the mini Zamboni going around the outside of the rink, Jim. Yeah, like the ice edger scraper. That's what I just said. Joe Smith, ice maker, <laughs> chipper, He's going around the edge, and you're hearing a bit of the whine in the background of this little machine. So I wanted to... I, I, I do know that machine, and it's come a long way, because back when I did uh, Moose Games on 680 CGOB, that thing was not quite as quiet as it is now. It used to run like a 1952 lawnmower. And so we'd be, we'd be rushing through our post-game interviews because we knew that was coming. No, this is Whisper Quiet. It's the Whisper 2000 Ice Edger Scraper we got going around here. So thanks for this, Jim. We'll look forward to hearing you at noon. Yeah, you're sounding great today. Enjoy the day. It's a big game, and looking forward to our time down there as well. All right, Jim. Jim Toth, co-host of Jets at Noon. Derek Taylor in for Cam Poitras. They'll both be down here noon until 1, and then Jimmy takes over his own show from 1 until 3 here at Canada Life Centre. 7.47. It's a Monday morning. Morning of Game 4, quarterfinal, Western Conference quarterfinal, Winnipeg Jets, Vegas Golden Knights tonight, 8.30, face-off. Ay ay ay. the pressure is on. Can the Jets pull it out? The Jets, by the way, in 23 home games since 2015 in the playoffs of Jets 2.0, 7 wins, 16 losses in this building. I think the noise pumps up both teams, Loren. Maybe. Uh, maybe it also it gives that, a bit of that energy that we've been talking about that you know you might need in those down moments, but I don't care. I love what we do here, and let's keep it going tonight. It is Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb broadcasting live from Canada Life Center as the Winnipeg Jets get set to take on the Vegas Golden Knights tonight in Game 4. Jets down two games to one. And players, of course, are hoping the sound inside this building is even louder tonight. I hope they have energy, uh, engineers on site for that because I don't know if this building could physically handle it being any louder. It's electrifying to hear, as you will experience tonight, Brett, to see. And for the players, well, here's what defenseman Nate Schmidt had to say. Shovels it toward the net, deflected in front, they score! Adam Lowry with his fourth goal of the postseason! And we are tied at four! How about that? 22 seconds left in the period, and Adam Lowry ties it. And this place is going crazy. Well, hearing the last three goals is what makes it a little bit different. You know, I I don't think anybody could really even hear each other on the bench. You know, it was something that uh, it was pretty special, especially the start of the game. You know, I know that you know, we gave up too early, but it still the crowd stayed in it the whole time, and I think that's such an important part. That's what you're going to need. You, know, you have to have that advantage when you come home. You know, I know that we ended up dropping the game last night, but I find that we took a lot of momentum from them last night. And we hope to see that tonight where we finish the deal. Kyle Balheri is the Senior Director of Game Presentation. And, Kyle, that sound. Thank you, first of all, for coming in early. You're already on the start of a long, long day. But that sound is exactly what your your whole job is to create, right? And when you finally get it, it must be a magical feeling. It really is. And, I mean, it, it's incredible. And, and I just a loss for words at how proud I am of our community coming together for the whiteout again. I mean, it's it's just a force of nature, and I mean, and, and I don't mean to sound cheesy with it, but it really is. It's something I don't think any of us have really felt anywhere except for in this arena when that happens, and of course the old Winnipeg Arena as well. It's it's different, and it just it's chills, it's exhilaration. I mean, it, 
uh, it, it's 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 unbelievable, really. I'm a bit of a loss for words thinking and seeing all the white seats out here and, and, and all the towels on the seats and thinking about what's going to happen in a few hours again. Yes, the Jets hand out towels. And back in the old day, they had the, the pom-poms, right? Uh, the, the white pom-poms made from the, yes. the shredded plastic bags. Yes, and, <laughs> I remember. And away you went. But it's legitimate here. It's a legitimate whiteout. I've mentioned this in the past. The fact that there are no free T-shirts given away. These are fans coming in their own volition. They've invested in the jersey or the T-shirt or the the incredible jumpsuits and the other costumes that you see. Like, fans are all in. And just like we were having the discussion this morning with Kate Fenske about people uh, really wanting an excuse to come downtown, this community loves the Jets. They want to support the Jets, and they want the Jets to do well. And that's exemplified by what we saw on Saturday and what we'll see here again tonight. The passion is unlike any other place. I truly believe that. And, and, and I think that Winnipeggers can feel so proud that hockey and coming together as a community for that and our teams might be more special than any place else on earth, quite frankly. I mean... I know the Toronto Maple Leafs are a big market. I know the Montreal Canadiens are a huge hockey market. That's not a great place to watch a game by, <laughs> by a long shot in my mind. <laughs> right? So For all sorts of reasons. There's the passion, <laughs> the passion that uh, the love that comes together here in Winnipeg, not only for, for the Jets, but for the Bombers and the sure. Gold Eyes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a Briar or a World Juniors. I mean, the, the passion, truthfully, from Winnipeggers is what separates us from everyone. And I think on game nights, it all just comes out and nobody holds back. And that's what makes it so incredible. Like, we're not we're not forced to, you know, have to do a bunch of things on the game press side during the playoffs at all to, to kind of rev up the crowd. People are ready and people are here to cheer for all the right reasons. And they're cheering on the saves and the hits and the small little nuances about the game that... You know, people from other places must just marvel and say, wow, Winnipeg, what a what a hockey place that is. And they're so passionate. And um, honestly, watching all the videos online afterwards of the people in the street party and the celebrations of the goals, and um, it, it's it's really special. And it's not just the Jets socials putting that out. It's, right. it's you know, Barstool Sports, Spittin' Chicklets. It's the NHL itself. Like yes. these, these iconic, highly followed accounts on social media – those running those accounts only push out the hottest content and Winnipeg was all over the social medias on Saturday, even into Sunday. Feels pretty good, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Sure does. It makes you proud and I think, you know, it has me wondering for you, I, 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 there's never a doubt in my mind and probably in yours that the fans aren't going to bring it, but you do have a job to keep them, like, you know, not just in the game because the game is good or bad, depending on how it's right. going, but are you thinking of little things throughout a game night to be like, okay, we should like change the music up here, get on your radio and get the organ guy going? Absolutely. Like, is that a really... Uh, that's what every game is like. Are you in the headset like. walking around like cue Britney Spears kind of thing? Uh, well, kind of, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's my job. I got the headset on in the, in the booth up here, uh, just a few doors down here. And all the cues, the the music, the lighting, the, the, all the videos. I mean, especially in the playoffs, um, we don't want to do too much. We want to let the fans take it. It's the the best thing about our game presentation when the fans are doing what they do best. It's, it's they're the we, show. They're the show, and it's better than any show in in the league in sports. Quite frankly, when the white whiteout's happening. So, so you hear that coming? Like that? I was thinking Saturday night, just oh, we near the end of the third. Yeah. And I, I was like, we could do this, right? It's four yes. two now. That's four three, and you hear the crowd start doing the go Jets go or other exactly. things, and you just sit back and be like, All that's right, right. everybody just that's right, lead, like lean into this kind of thing. And we've got such an experienced crew here for years, and they're all Winnipeggers. They're all people that have worked hard here for 15, 20 years at switching. Chem- 
camera, uh, cameras producing. I mean, everybody's, um, you know, really watching the game and they know the game. Everybody, everybody knows hockey. And, you know, when the moments happen here in Winnipeg, we want to let the hockey moment shine through and not, not do too much and not let the fans be the moment again. So that's probably the balance in the playoffs is more so when to do something and when not to rather than, in the uh, regular season, we have so many commitments as well from our partnerships and um, announcements getting in and videos getting in. And in the playoffs, it's 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 the game. So, you know, make sure that we show that replay from four different angles. Make sure that we're, you know, putting it on the player's face in that intense moment. You know, make sure that we maybe turn the music down mm-hmm. when the right time and the crowd is doing something. And, and, and whether it's a Go Jets Go or just a you know an intense, passionate cheer that you it's not just a, a fake cheer like you were saying earlier. It's you can you can feel it from people. You can really feel it. And I mean, I just even being in the press box, I felt it from everybody up here as well. It was it was an incredible experience in Game Three, and and, and Game Four should be no different. Well, you just fired up the scoreboard here in the last few minutes, <laughs> and it looks amazing. So that's cool, and that's uh, part of what you do here. I do before we let you go, Kyle. We are curious to know what would it take to get Loren on the organ. <laughs> <laughs> Before we I'm leave. not joking, but I can appreciate that might not be allowed. We can probably line that up next year if you want to set something up. I do want to could... set that up. Okay. I was practicing last night. I, I want to do... Yes. Jaws. Yes. Have you met Chris, the organist? No. Okay, well, let's line that up for next season. Or maybe the playoffs. He's got a guitar player in there now, right? He does, yeah. It's awesome. I think we're the only arena in the league that's got a guitar player and an organist in their booth, so it's pretty neat. Uh, it's been cool all season, and, and uh, it adds a bit of a different flavor as well. Brett's going to his very first playoff game tonight. Oh, my. A better yes. Time. I said you should bring a Kleenex because if you don't full out ball, you'll just I have a tear a in your eye. Though. That's what the towel's for. <laughs> <laughs> okay, never mind. At the beginning of the game. Yeah, right. That's exactly. What I mean, from the joy. Yeah, at the beginning <laughs> of the Sorry, game, I for sure. ultimately clarify, when I saw those images, you, I felt chills and teary, and I think when you're in the building, it's hard to hold it back. Hold it on. is. That okay. emotion's amazing. And honestly, we're, we're encouraging everyone to come down as early as they can, not only to get to the street party, but, you know, one of the coolest things of all time was 2015 when the whiteout returned for the first time, and the, the stands were absolutely packed for warm-up. Like, literally, there was 15,000 people here, and the, and the players that were here still talk about it. It was amazing, and, I mean, maybe that's what we can bring tonight. If the fans uh, can get here early, uh, obviously, it's a bit of a later game, so really no excuse. Like, let's pack this barn for warm-up. Like, 2015, again, show the players um, that there's no stopping tonight. Kyle Ballharry is the Senior Director of Game Presentation here at Canada Life Centre for the Jets. Thank you so much, Kyle. A pleasure to see you again, sir. Thank you, guys. It's Mackling, McGarry, McNabb. We are asking you, as we broadcast live from Canada Life Center ahead of tonight's game four, we're asking you what's like your, if you're in a pinch, you don't have time to do anything fancy, but you've got access to a quick snack or a quick drink. What do you use to stay energized, to stay hydrated? And at 204-780-6868, one of our runners up here, Bob Clark, who says the Dixon family honey from Carberry on graham crackers. It's my go-to on early mornings when I was doing varsity volleyball practices or the marathon running club. It's just a little pep for the high step. Ooh. Any snack, any dessert that includes graham crackers, crushed or otherwise, has my full stamp of approval. Oh, yeah? Uh, Vicky M also, and I like the, there's some foresight in, in this because it's a, it's an emergency but already planned upon emergency snack. 
My emergency snack is a handful of nuts. I mix up a Ziploc bag of pecans, walnuts, almonds, pistachios. I keep it in the freezer. I also chop up a bar of 85% dark chocolate and mix that in there as well. Throw in a third cup, in a third cup, a third of a cup in a container when I'm on the go. It's a healthy snack, which gives me energy when I need it. I'm curious about the freezer. Is that for the chocolate not to melt or just so you melt or so you don't eat it? I think it also helps to keep it fresh for a bit longer. Right, uh, the nuts I, might go a bit stale. Yeah, I think that. I'm thinking more. You just bury it in the freezer and you forget about it. And you don't eat it, and then probably. you bring it out when you need it. A lot of people do that with uh, cigarettes cool. if they're trying to quit. Oh, really? Yeah. Just oh, I've heard people put uh, credit cards in the freezer too. Oh, in a block of ice. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's right. But Greg, uh, our winner, we don't have this person's name. All we know is they are a nurse. And a nurse who has to stay overtime and often doesn't have additional food for a quick fix that keeps you going. And what they use is digestive cookies and packets of peanut butter that are in every hospital kitchenette. This combination has kept many a nurse upright and able to work. And one of my buddies uh, also mentioned Pedialyte as a go-to if you need to. If you're in the hospital, wondering if you could uh, add the Pedialyte to that buffet. So congratulations to this unnamed nurse. You won yourself a pair of tickets for Valor FC versus the HFX Wanderers FC at IG Field Saturday, May 6th. Thank you very much for sharing. This is and this is great feedback on that. I never would have even thought about that. But, but of course, there's peanut butter all over the place in a hospital. It is Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. Broadcasting live from Canada Life Center ahead of tonight's Game 4 between the Winnipeg Jets and the Vegas Golden Knights. Western Conference play or quarterfinals. Jets at noon will be broadcasting from here as well. And the Jim Toth Show. And one of the first things we got our hands on today at Canada Life Center, we jokingly asked security guy Ian Houston if we could get some popcorn. And five minutes later, he brought us some popcorn. And I was talking to somebody recently... I think it was when I was at that uh, that high school hockey awards event with the with our friends from San Lucia Pizza. I was Greg from San Lucia. I said, "What do you eat when you come to the hockey games?" He's like, "Popcorn." <laughs> and I said, "Really?" He says, "Yeah, the Canada Life Center has the best popcorn." And I, I'm kind of a like this popcorn's probably three days old, and it's awesome. It's probably Saturday's popcorn. Someone said, "You know, you're not eating." It. And I was like, "I know it's not fresh at six a.m., but it's pr- pretty decent." It's, it's either it's either best hot and fresh. Or two or three days later. Yeah, that's like lots of things, actually. 100%. I don't know if our next guest wants to hear that the popcorn is the best thing <laughs> about this facility because he's uh, got quite the pedigree when it comes to cooking and experience. But we're pleased to bring on this morning Chef Richard Duncan, the chef for the Canada Life Center. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. Well, thanks for taking the time. And, you know, we were wondering ourselves, so does this mean you're in charge of the menu for fans, for players, for events, or for all of the above? Walk us through uh, yeah, what you do. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but, uh, you know, we we have an amazing team here. They could definitely, no one could ever do it uh, on their own. So uh, there's, uh, there's a couple hundred of us in the, in the, in the back uh, always taking care of everything that anyone could possibly need and uh, whatnot from the players right on to the fans and uh, security and all those in between. So it's a very exciting time to be downtown, very excited to, uh, to be able to be able to be showcased uh, with uh, the NHL and uh, with everybody that comes down to True North uh, Square and uh, parties in the streets and uh, comes inside the building at Canada Life Centre. So what time does that start for your crew? Because, of course, you don't have fans coming into the building. We 
hope early to get in the game experience tonight, but the game's not until 8.30. But, of course, you do have the teams here and the players. And so when does that cooking begin? Um, this morning, we uh, some of our crews were as early as uh, 6 a.m., getting some of the orders put away. Uh, as street closures happen, we try to make sure we get everything uh, orchestrated uh, in great communication with everybody in the building, uh, just to make sure everybody has what they need when, uh, when it comes to puck drop. So one of the other topics of conversation as it pertains to diet today, Chef Duncan, has been mustard packages <laughs> and the ability to sort of you know, rehydrate you, re-energize you, keep you from cramping in a longer game. Uh, we won't ask you about mustard, but we will ask you about what do the players, what do the players eat on a day like today? Are they coming in? Are they having breakfast at home? Are they having breakfast here before the, you know, the game day skate? Walk us through what you might be getting ready uh, for the home side. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I have an amazing team here uh, that uh, takes care of uh, the Jets just on their own. Uh, so when they come in, they've got somebody right then and there to do uh, whatever kind of eggs they want, whether it be omelets. Uh, we've got a great uh, front of house that's making uh, uh, protein smoothies for them right by their dressing room uh, so they have whatever they need. Uh, we do try to take care of any of the possible needs. Uh, you know, many many players have their own uh, <clears throat> their own rituals that, uh, you know, we, we don't get in the way of but uh, we make sure they have whatever they need. Uh, yeah, the mustard pack thing uh, made all of us kind of laugh a little bit, but uh, we learned something. I didn't know that helped cramping, you know, so, uh, you know, we, we always are learning here. But, uh, yeah, no, we try to make sure they have everything they need between snacks. Uh, game days are pretty uh, much uh, set in stone as far as the uh, nutritionists go and the trainers. We, uh, we listen to what they want for their players so they have everything they need when they need it on the ice. But there are a lot of contingency meals uh, if it does go to overtime you know, making sure they have uh, the, the jet fuel to get them ready for the game. So, Do you know which one of the players is the biggest eater? <laughs> no, not not too too much. Uh, we, as far as where they actually are eating, we try to keep that area just for themselves. Uh, you know, this is their home away from home, so we try to just make sure we have everything organized for them in the back uh, and uh, can uh, jump jump in where needed. So, uh, we're, I'm very blessed to have an amazing team that takes care of them from morning, noon, and night. So, uh, I'm just there to support them. I always think it's funny that when I come to a game, like I'm excited to cram my face with a hot dog and pierogies and chips and pizza and all the rest. And then the players are looking at like broccoli and lean chicken breast and all the rest, Chef Duncan. But, you know, the menu has changed so much. And then, and the wants, of, I think, fans have changed. We always want the staples, for sure. I, so I referenced the hot dog. But you've brought some interesting things in over the last year. I think I even had, was it on like a... a a chicken skewer type thing when we came here in the fall you're mixing it yes. up all the time yeah you know i'm very excited to kind of you know obviously we, we always want to have those staples you know if you want to come you know you the kids want the chicken fingers they want the jet dog they want the burger so you know we we do want to always have those but where we can we do want to have some flexibility you know everybody changes that's the beauty of uh, the business i'm in is you know food trends always change so that that allows us to always be able to uh push forward as far as different kind of features so uh you know today uh, we, we you know we're going to have some fun with the you know with it being a white out theme kind of party uh so yeah so those satays we're doing what we are calling our stick handle uh they're little buffalo hot chicken satays with a little bit of a ranch drizzle on the top uh we have uh for our pizza pizza locations we've got our homeites zadvantage uh, a little play on words <laughs> uh you yes. know like a nice white sauce it's like a bacon and ranch pizza uh, with uh, chicken and a little bit of red onion and uh, mozzarella cheese and goat cheese. Uh, and then we kind of have a little take on um, kind of a, 
Well, it's like a Philly cheesesteak. We're calling it our ice melt. Uh, it's uh, grilled, uh, smoked, uh, pulled beef with caramelized mm-hmm. onions, mushrooms, aged cheddar sauce, and a little horseradish drizzle on the top. For those who like a little bit of spice, um, we also have uh, a couple other things going on. Our Freshy location has their little whiteout uh, uh, salad bowl with quinoa for people that want to have a little bit more health uh, with some white kidney beans, a nice Greek yogurt dressing with cranberries and pumpkin seeds. So ah. I'm not going to – I was everything, just about right? to move those uh, people For some of our sweet holders, <laughs> we even have what we're calling our puck drop. It's a little uh, chocolate ganache tart. It's kind of like a take on a s'more uh, with some uh, marshmallow scorbits and uh, – graham cracker and whatnot, and it's all torched. So uh, we try to have a, as much fun as we can. You know, our, uh, our food program is always going to be ever-changing here, which keeps my job exciting. Uh, and, uh, you know, we're looking forward to uh, what's hopefully going to be a, a deep playoff run for the home team. We don't get a lot of conversation about ganache on this <laughs> program, so I think this is a first, Chef. I-, I love to travel for sport, and of course so many people love to travel around the world in order to, to try the different cuisine of-, of different cities, different countries. Do you get to travel around to the different arenas and stadiums around North America and, and see what they've got going on? On their menus? Uh, well, I, I have as a fan. Uh, I'm hoping to do a little bit of that in the off-season uh, here. Uh, this is my uh, my first season um, in, in kind of this more of a sports venue uh, style. Uh, but I'm sure I'm excited. You know, we, we, we communicate a lot with our other chefs in Sodexo, uh, you know, seeing what works, what doesn't work, you know, um, as far as what's new, as far as technology. Um, we're all, we all work together to, you know, through, we, we battle like a lot of people with employee shortages. How do we get people more interested in it? So uh, we do have a great uh, group. Our company really does a lot of work as far as getting us to communicate with one another. So we do know we have the support. Uh, but uh, no, as far as it goes, I'm, I'm looking forward to hopefully getting out and seeing some of the other properties uh, on, and how, how we can better service people here in Winnipeg as well. Well, and it's very clear that the passion that you have for, for what you do and put the craft of what you do is, I mean, it's shining right through. And I'm curious to know, like, some arenas and stadiums throughout North America have some insane outlandish items, but it, sound, it sounds to me like you, you care more about just making good food. Am I on to something there? Am I, am I off my rocker on that? No, no. Uh, you know, I, I can't speak for a lot of other places, but I know for us here, um, I, I've, I've always been so blessed to, here in Manitoba. There are so many talented chefs, but there's also so many talented home cooks. So, you know, it's continued to raise the bar. So we want to make sure if we're, you're coming out, you're spending your hard-earned money, we want to make sure that it's, you know, exactly what you want and or, or maybe something you didn't know you wanted, but now you know you need it. So, um, you know, for us, it's, it's hard not to be excited these are awesome venues to be able to cook food in we're blessed to be here and uh you know it keeps it keeps my day-to-day exciting good food but enough food you know whenever i have guests over you're thinking make sure there's enough food and i don't think i've ever cooked more for more than maybe 15 people chef you're cooking for 15 thousand <laughs> you and your incredible team of hundreds so like do you have any sense of for example on an average game night how many hot dogs or slices um, that people go through? It, it does fluctuate, uh, but, you know, uh, generally speaking, we know no matter what, uh, rain or shine, no matter what the game is or whatnot, we're, you know, there's going to be almost 2,000 uh, jumbo hot dogs sold. There's going to be, you know, X amount, uh, 40, 50 cases of chicken fingers needed for the concessions alone, um, you know, and uh, it's, it's, it's there's such a wide variety between concessions, suites, feeding media, feeding, uh, the, you know, all the support staff that 
make this happen every single day. It's it's exciting. You know, there's a second group that we feed just that are looking after the street party today, you know. So it's uh, it's a lot of fun, and seeing the excitement in everybody's eyes just keeps giving us the energy to, to make sure we're ready as well. How many Jumbo Jet Dogs will you sell? Did you sell on Saturday? Do you know, Dave? Or... Um, I'm going to put it around that 2,000 mark. Uh, yeah. I haven't seen the exact numbers yet. We generally will do a little bit of a post-mortem once we uh, all can sit together once the, once the team goes back out on the road. But, uh, yeah, no, we, uh, with it being over the weekend and whatnot, we, uh, we were ordering a lot. Uh, we're very, very happy to work with some amazing suppliers uh, that keep us uh, fueled up so we can keep everybody else going. But, uh, yeah, I, w- I would put it in that range at least um, between uh, all the concession decks alone. Chef Richard Duncan at Canada Life Centre, thank you so much for joining us uh, to give you give us some insight into, you know, just how expansive your role is. And uh, thanks for making delicious food for us. No worries. Well, now I'm going to have to get you to try some of the ganache next time you're around, okay? Yeah, we're in. <laughs> I could be, like, downstairs in five. Where do I find? No, I'm just kidding. Perfect, perfect. <laughs> we're, we're always looking for quality testers. All right. Chef Richard Duncan joining us live on 680 CJOB as we broadcast live from Canada Life Center. In a moment, we need to take a peek at your forecast. Hal Anderson joins us as well. And, hey, the Zamboni's back out. I am really, I'm five years old. No, it's, uh, More again, water this time. He's using more you're water right. this it time. You're right. It is, um, how should I put this science? It's a flood. It's, it's a flood. Sh- it's shinier. Yeah, yeah. Is yeah, it more shiny. water this time, or is it just brighter? Because they did turn up the lights in the last segment. He's but. correct about that. Don't, uh, don't burst my don't, bubble. <laughs> don't, and, don't doubt <laughs> Greg's vast Zamboni knowledge. And by the way, I have a buddy named Rich, Dave Duncan, so apologies to Richard Duncan, our chef guest. I knew Dave might slip out at some point oh, while okay. we were speaking to him, so apologies, Richard.